This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. All right, it is my pleasure and my privilege to bring in a, a young man, still young, who I've known since he was in college at Cornell, uh, A.J. Preller, the general manager of the San Diego Padres. Uh, he's been there for a while and uh, got the Padres through uh, all sorts of acquisitions, trades and free agency and developing, drafting, uh, done a terrific job gathering all sorts of talent, uh, made one of the greatest trades in the history of baseball, I think, in uh, trading for Fernando Tatis Jr., but he's made a lot of good trades and had a huge, huge trade deadline and uh, got the Padres into their first playoffs since 2006. So very, very good to welcome A.J. Preller to the show here. And I uh, just want to start off by asking him, we have to ask him the first uh, question is about your two ace pitchers, uh, Lamette and Clevenger. Uh, obviously, Clevenger gave it a go there in that last round and wasn't quite able to go past an inning, and Lamette wasn't able to go. But it seemed like uh, neither one uh, needs surgery or has anything too serious with them. Do you expect them back uh, for spring training next year and uh, at 100%? Yeah, I think, um, you know, so it's both guys with with uh, you know Mike and 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 Denilson, they both uh, since the season's ended they've gone and seen you know different doctors specialists just kind of checking making sure that uh, you know that that uh, you know getting a, a consistent theme on where things are at from a from a diagnosis standpoint. I think the good news for both guys is after our team docs and and, and a couple of outside specialists who have you know everybody said they don't feel like it's surgical in either case. Uh, probably a little different situation with both guys. You know, Mike's talked more about the back of his elbow um, uh, in, in terms of more of a, a posterior elbow impingement. Nilsson hasn't been able to, to you know, uh, localize it as much to like one point. It's been more of like a muscular thing. But, you know, both guys from a, from uh, the information we've gotten back has been you know, more of a rest and recovery type situation. And, 
um, you know, they'll, uh, you know, hopefully that's, you know, that, that, that's how the off season plays out and probably start throwing a baseball again here. And, uh, you know, at some point in four to six weeks for both guys. AJ, I want to go back to the deadline. Um, you made a fury of, uh, different moves that really seem like propelled this team even higher, uh, in terms of, of how they play. I think everybody was assumed we're assuming that pitching was going to be something that you address, but you didn't just address the pitching. You addressed the, the backstop. You added some depth to the bullpen. What is the room like when you're when you're making or the room or your cell phone, I should say? What is it like during that time? Because you obviously are having to talk to a whole bunch of different GMs, not just the ones that you actually end up making deals with. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many you know so many fun parts of the of, of all of these jobs, just working in baseball, and I think. Uh, you know the trade deadline is always you know as as much fun really every single year um you know that 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 you get uh you know in this job and i think this year i think probably the biggest thing is like having you know like having your staff you know it's a, it's a group effort and you have a ton of people that are either in this year on zoom calls on the phone or you know in person and uh you know at peco and, and everybody kind of working towards a common theme and um, you know, I think when we first got together at that at that point with a couple of weeks left before the deadline, we identified four areas uh, in the back of the bullpen with Kirby Yates's injury. Um, you know, we, we talked about potentially adding a left handed veteran bat um, that we felt like complemented our club. We talked about front of the rotation type pitcher. Um, and then we also talked about looking at the catching situation because uh, we were we were not not producing at a, at a at a high level in the catching spot. And. I think we all looked at it and said, "Hey, if we can add one or two of these, uh, it'd be great." Um, but I think honestly, like you know, as it came together, I think we we had you know a feeling that you know we we felt like we had some deals that lined up that helped us both now and and for uh, for the next few years as well. Um, so it was a ton of fun. It was a you know kind of a wild experience, but honestly, it was a it was pretty careful like going through it. It was something that we had been prepared for and. You know, as a GM, you just want, uh, you know, when you have good information, you have good people around you, it makes the job a lot easier. And uh, with the group that we had in, in the room, uh, you know, I always felt like uh, we were we were making good decisions and, you know, felt like it had a chance to pay off for us, uh, getting us into the playoffs and hopefully deeper. Yeah, you, you saved the trade deadline for, for all of us. I mean, you certainly made it uh, newsworthy for everybody, and it was quite exciting, thanks to you. Uh, I just want to lock in a little bit on, on Clevenger. Uh, uh, how did that trade come about? I mean, I know you'd been with Texas, so uh, you knew you uh, and you know John Daniels from Cornell, and uh, I know that there was some talk of uh, Lance Lynn uh, as well. Um, can you talk about how you prioritized when you felt that you had you were probably getting them? And you know, it seemed like you gave up a lot of quantity. Uh, I I like Quantrill. Uh, I think he's going to be good. Uh, did you feel at that time like you got a great deal? You feel like you 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 had you felt bad and a little bit remorseful that you gave up a lot. How, how did you feel about the whole thing and how did it come to fruition? Yeah, I think I think like you know, starting point. We we we've, we've had a lot of conversations with Cleveland uh, through the years. Really, the last couple of years, we've lined up on a few deals with them. Uh, so I think there was, you know, there's been a lot of common ground for us and they were very familiar, Chris, you know, and, and, and Mike and those guys, they do a great job. Um, so they, they, they know, they knew our system well. And, um, you know, I think we had a lot of back and forth over the years, just kind of knowing what they were looking for and what type of deal they're looking for. And obviously we had a lot of interest in some of their pitchers over the years. So I think with, uh, you know, with Clevenger, again, like he, he was one of the few guys that was on the market that we looked at as a, as a guy that can, you know, that could be a difference maker in the front part of a rotation, um, especially in like a playoff type series. 
Um, you know, and I think again, like with, with all these things, you just try to be straightforward in terms of, you know, there, there's a lot of back and forth and those two weeks are really like about with about a week left to start picking up. And there were a lot of different versions of the deal. I think Chris at one point said we probably threw about a hundred different uh, variations of, of deals over the last few years. But in that last week, I think we just made it known, Hey, these were, you know, these are the kind of deals and the kind of concepts that we were open to, uh, probably a little bit more quantity, um, you know, type situation, but Again, like none of these deals are easy to make. Like you know, I think from from our standpoint, we we, we know we're going to trade some players, and I think just the way you know all these deals, you'd love to to get the deal where the GM calls you up and you can get a quality player for somebody that you don't value at all. It, it never works like that, you know. So I think you know we definitely take pride in um, you know being able to to make good baseball trades and give up good players that are going to play in the big leagues for a long time, as long as you get what you want. Um, you know, I, I think that's, that, that's really been our focus and that's kind of how that deal went down. And, you know, I, I honestly, like up until, up until maybe even an hour before the deal went down that last, you know, the last day, uh, that last day before the deadline, probably thought he might be heading elsewhere and, and ultimately we were able to line up on it. So it was, uh, you know, it felt like maybe the course of, over the course of the last couple of years, we were building towards something like this, but you never really know. And, and honestly, even in the last few hours before the deadline, it was, uh, you know, kind of go either way. And I think from our standpoint, it was just, just make your best effort. And if it goes our way, good. If not, then we, uh, we move on and go, go get somebody else. So. AJ, you uh, sent, uh, you kind of put the city of San Diego in a tizzy in your presser. I think it was last week. Uh, you mentioned that there was mutual interest uh, in terms of an extension for Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, is it, considering the fact that it was a shortened season this year, Fernando um, was unable to play a full 162 games in his first season. Is there any, I don't want to say concern, but is that something you're looking forward to seeing from him come this next season? Is him out there on an everyday basis? Yeah. I mean, he's had, you know, I mean, both, you know, right now he's basically parts of two seasons because, you know, last year, um, you know, with some of the injury stuff and then, um, you know, the, the, the stress reaction, the low back and then, uh, um, you know, and then this year, obviously with the COVID season and everything like that. So yeah, he's, I think the best, you know, he's, he's obviously a great talent and he's, he's a, you know, all around baseball player and an impact player performer. Um, you know, but I, I think again, like, I think probably the nicest thing for us this year was seeing a guy come off of that rookie year that he had and not being satisfied, you know, looking at that rookie year and coming back and, you know, even in the, in regular spring training and the COVID camp, you could tell he was a guy that wasn't going to rest on his laurels that understood that there's a lot more uh, improvement that, that he has. And even the other day when, when, when the season ended there against the Dodgers in the, uh, in the division series, you know, I think the first thing he said was now let's go get better, you know? So that, that, that's the fun part with Fernando is that, uh, you know, he's never satisfied. I think he understands that he's, uh, he's still you know 21 years old and still has a lot of growth to go in his game. And, uh, he's done a lot of good things in, in parts of two seasons, but I think he understands that uh, the best is still to come, and that's probably playing a full season and and, and hopefully continuing to uh, to get onto that big stage in the postseason. So yeah, just just to follow up on that, AJ, are, are you going to make a concerted effort to try to lock him up uh, this winter? Uh, is there some optimism that that can be done, or maybe it, maybe you just feel like it's a little early? And uh, I guess you, you can't just throw that Acuna deal at him, huh? He's gonna he's gonna want to do better than that, huh? Just trying to make, just trying to help you out here. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, I, I think like the you know the whole thing over the course of the last uh, you know four or five years for us is is building to a point where we have you know some some foundation type pieces and guys that 
you know, we think are winning championship level players, impact players, and then players that fans want to come see play and then, uh, you know, get them to, uh, you know, get them to, uh, to buy in. So they want to be in San Diego for a long time. So I think that's what we've been building towards. Again, we'll, we'll get more serious here in the next, uh, the next few months as we, uh, we kind of see where, where things are at in terms of exactly where Fernando and his representatives are with, uh, you know, with, with trying to do something long-term in San Diego. But again, I think it's, it's something that when you get, you know, impact players and impact people, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, you're not, you know, that, that you're building around those people for the long haul and you can count on people. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely explore it here in the next few weeks and, and months. And, uh, you know, I think like anything, I think, uh, you know, his group, Danny Lozano, um, you know, we did the Machado deal there. So we'll be able to, uh, to have honest conversation open. We'll give him kind of, this is where we're at. This is what we think. And, Hopefully, uh, hopefully we're able to line up on something. AJ, it was assumed because of the short season, at least from a lot of the talking heads like myself uh, out here in San Diego, that uh, we'd get a chance to see a lot of this young pitching. And we did. Adrian Mortahone came up and it was impressive over the course of the season. We saw the same thing from Luis Patino. Uh, Ryan Weathers makes his debut in the uh, in the NL uh, DS series, with any any pitched per, uh, terrifically. One guy we didn't see was Mackenzie Gore. Um, was that surprising? What went into him not having the opportunity to be able to pitch at the big league level this year? No, I mean I think I think a lot of people forget. You know, Mackenzie's you know he's been been such a good performer, especially last year. You know, as you know, I think in a lot of a lot of circles, the you know the minor league pitcher of the year in, in a lot of spots. So I think people kind of forget that he's, he's really only pitched above the uh, the high A level and and double A. You know, last year was probably what about five or six games or so. Um, so I, I think I think from from our standpoint, you know, going into the year at McKenzie, it was uh, you know let him come into spring spring training. Part of its experience, part of it's kind of you know go out there and compete for a spot. Um, but, but under, I think we, we looked at it and understand there was going to be more development time that was going to be needed for him. And, you know, I think this year was, again, everybody, you know, it, was, it definitely was a different year, obviously at the major league level, but, but especially for the minor leaguers, you know, the alternate site where there were positives that I think we got out of it. Um, but it, it definitely was not your, you know, go compete against another team in a different uniform every, you know, you're, you're playing three to five game series and moving to another city and, everybody kind of responds differently to that. So I think from our standpoint with Mac, um, you know, he, he threw the ball, like as the summer went on, he threw the ball. Well, I think we've talked a little bit about what role we want to be able to bring him up in. And we see him as a guy that can, you know, that can be in a rotation and impact part of a rotation. So I think there's always been a little bit of a debate about, you know, bringing him into a role that was not, you know, maybe a little bit different. And, and for, you know, for most of, uh, for most of the summer, really up until the last week, when you've got guys like Clevenger and Lamette and Davies and, you know, Chris Paddock, we've got good starters. You know, we had Garrett Richard. You know, we had five guys going out and, and doing a pretty good job all year. Uh, so, you know, I think with, I think with McKenzie, it's, uh, you know, again, like I think he, you know, he's, he's learned a ton this year. Um, you know, he feels good. I know he's very confident, and I think he was able to get close to the big league level and see it about as close as you can get without actually, without actually getting into a big league game. And, um, you know, and ultimately for him next year, the, the, the challenge is going to be coming and be ready to, to kind of break through and, and, and get himself on this club. So, um, you know, that's that, that's kind of where we stand there with uh, with McKenzie. Yeah, I like uh, Tony's questions. You have so many good young pitchers. Uh, just to get a, a timetable, I, I guess with McKenzie, you'd like to see him 
come in and compete next year. So you'd like to see him maybe in that rotation, maybe at some point next year. That's what kind of I'm trying to read between the lines there. But uh, on Gore, Morhone, you, you expect him in the rotation next year. You'd like to see that. Uh, Weathers, we saw a little bit of him, which was interesting. Uh, he's another real talent that you have. Uh, and so maybe he's a year away from the rotation, I'm just guessing. And Patina, I mean, he's a big talent. Is he a starter or a reliever right now? Yeah, I think I think like Matt, we've you know our, our scouts and our development, they've done a great job of of, uh, of stocking the system with guys that we think have a chance to be impact pitchers. And you know, I think in a lot of cases, like you know, the the, the players they tell us kind of what their time frame is. So you know, a couple of years ago, we were able to you know whether it's Fernando Tatis, you know, starting the season in the big league level or um, you know, Chris Paddock doing the same. Um, you know, we've had guys like Joey Lucchese and Nick Morgavishis, who's now in Seattle and had a good year this year as well. You know, that if, if we feel like they check the boxes in terms of, uh, you know, things that we put on their development plan and on their player plan, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look at guys competing at the highest level. And I think all of those guys, if we're going to, you know, for us, that's going to be a, a big emphasis and a big focus over the course of the next few months is putting them in, in you know, having good off seasons and bringing them positions where, they can come in and compete for a spot on the club. I, I think the the flip of that is, you know, that I think the uh, the talent level at the major league side for us, when you're returning guys like Davies or Paddock or you know Lamed or Clevenger, it's it's high. You know, the bar has been raised, so those guys are going to have to be good. I think they know that to come in and, and make the club. Um, but I think we'll be open to to I think all those names you just mentioned, John. I think whether it's Patino and Weathers and you know, Gore and, um, you know, and others, Michelle Baez, other guys that we, we think a lot of, um, you know, they'll, they'll be given an opportunity to come in and compete and, you know, and, 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 you know, would hope that at some point in time there, they make our, our decisions hard about who's on that major league team, whether it's beginning of next year or, or as the season goes on. AJ, one of the decisions you, you're going to have to make here, uh, come free agency is, is what to do at the back end. Um, obviously Kirby Yates is a free agent, uh, as well as Trevor Rosenthal. Is there somebody in the system that maybe can fill that spot or, or will you look to try to fill that via free agency? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we have a lot of good arms, you know, so I think in terms of somebody that can both at the major league level, and there's a lot of guys last year that were, you know, we think highly of that that perform well pitching is in setup roles and everything like that. So I think we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll start our meetings with, we'll start our, our scouting meetings, our front office meetings here, uh, next week basically and we'll really start tackling those questions you know more serious and try to get you know a lot more detail in terms of what it's going to look like you know I think we'll have conversations with both Trevor and Kirby and they're they're in different spots obviously Kirby Kirby coming back from the uh from the elbow scope uh and the bone chips and uh you know Trevor has already been through that process in terms of Tommy John a couple of years ago and looks like he's on the other side of it now so we'll have those conversations we'll have a budget we'll kind of weigh everything out in terms of looking at what we have internal, looking at what else is out there external, and then looking at the two, you know, that Trevor and that Kirby that you mentioned who we know and uh, know what they bring to the table. And then we'll try to, you know, at that point, we'll we'll make decisions as we go through the off season. And that process really will start more next week when we really start kind of narrowing down on things and try to try to make decisions and kind of what directions we want to go with. So, you know, I think bullpens too. The last thing I'll say on that is like, you know, we said it a lot. I mean, obviously Kevin Towers is probably one of the best in the game doing it here in San Diego. Uh, building bullpens and a lot was made of our bullpen last year but you know bullpens they they change pretty quickly you know I think uh you know I think I think we're we're constantly every year every offseason we're going to look at trying to get as many you know quality arms that can that could be bullpen options because 
you know, you look up even for us this season, like the beginning part of the year, we thought we had a really strong pen. And uh, there was a lot of talk about that. And by the end, it was, you know, we struggled early with that bullpen. And by the end, with different faces, some different roles, so, you know, we, we, we ended up you know having a strong pen, but we had to kind of go on the fly with that. So that, that's kind of the way pens always are. And, um, you know, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll act accordingly here this off season. Are, are you going to take it? Are you going to take any time off AJ at all? It just sounds like this is just a, 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 a hamster wheel going around and around. Can I answer that? No, yeah. he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's become, I think it's become that way for everybody in baseball now. I mean, obviously the off seasons have gotten longer and longer in terms of, uh, you know, I think it kind of used to be, you get to, from a, from like a hot stove standpoint, you got to, uh, you know, winter meetings. And then it was kind of like January and February, which is getting ready for spring training. And, and, and obviously some of the, some of the later signings and things like that, you know, last year, the market moved a little earlier, but in the last few years, you got to be, you know, going basically 12 months out of the year. But honestly, I think, you know, with this year, with, uh, you know, the COVID situation, everything like that, you know, we got done with the season and pretty quickly after, you know, the next day, you're already starting to look at, you know, um, you know, getting, getting ready for an off season and, you know, here in Arizona at instructional league and, uh, you know, our minor leaguers are finally getting an opportunity to get on the field and, and play some games against other clubs. So it really doesn't stop. It's kind of, you know, it goes on, you know, I think pretty quickly, you kind of like, all right, you, know, you look at this year, we're going to look at ways that we can get better, but, Honestly, you gotta gotta get going for the off season and gotta, gotta get started looking at uh, you know how we're gonna be better here going forward. And that, and that's kind of it's not just for San Diego and for our front office. That's pretty much throughout the game right now. Yeah, well, if if you're a trendsetter for something, it's gonna be working twenty four seven because I know you've been doing that uh, for your whole career. I wanted to drill down on a couple uh, items here. Uh, Jerkson Profar has been a guy you've been with uh, you know most of his career. Certainly at the start when he was the top listed as the top prospect in baseball, had some injuries, had some setbacks. He had a nice year for you. You had very good timing with the acquisition, and he did well for you. Um, I was wondering, uh, is there a possibility you'll bring him back? And Is he a potential multi-year? Is that what he wants to do? And uh, I've seen a, a question about Moreland's option. It isn't very high. I don't think it's a few million dollars. Uh, I'm assuming you're picking that up, right? I mean, I guess today in today's day and age, uh, with the COVID, uh, everybody is uh, concerned about dollars, but uh, that seemed like a good pickup for the team. Yeah, I think I think you know with Jerickson, starting with Jerickson, obviously a guy that that you know I've had a lot of history of knowing since he's 14 years old, and um, you know, so I think it's uh, yeah, I think the the best part of Jerickson came out and had a nice year this year and, and fit really well with you know with the team both like, you know, in terms of what his skill set was and definitely personality wise. And I think the nice part is like when you see people that are just quality people and he's had, you know, part of his career over the last five or six years has been slowed down because of the you know shoulder issues and multiple injuries. I think he lost two seasons because of that. So just to see him get on the field, you know, love doing what he's doing. And, it, you know, it couldn't, you know, couldn't happen to a better person. He's got a great family, good kid, good person. And, you know, to see him uh, go out there and then just enjoy himself this year and be healthy and have a good year was great to see. You know, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll uh, you know, that'll be part of those discussions again starting next week, and you know, talking to him and, and you know, and his and his representatives about what they're looking to do. It's kind of hard to pinpoint right now because I think obviously it's like very unique. So I think you're hearing it throughout the game is what's the market going to be like? I don't think anybody really knows. You know, I think we'll get out there and we'll start talking about things. And biggest thing for us is we'll be prepared on, you know, kind of knowing our budget and our situation, what we're able to do. Um, and then we'll try to be, you know, try to be, uh, try to be fair with guys and go from there. And then with Mitch, 
Uh, yeah, I think part of the part of the trade last year, we made the deal. Uh, Jason Rosario and Hudson Potts ended up going to Boston. Um, you know, we knew that it was, you know, hopefully going to get some big hits for us in the last, uh, you know, month plus into October. Uh, but then also knowing that the option year was there as well, um, that there was some carry forward value. So we'll uh, we'll get to that officially. I think we have until five days after the World Series and we'll talk about that. But that was part of our, our thought process when we made the trade was was looking at that option. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to that here in the next uh, next couple of weeks, getting ready for that uh, that date after the World Series. AJ, any, any concern that you might lose uh, some of your coaches off this staff? They, they I mean, they did a terrific job with the year. And I know some of these guys are, are in regard around the league. Any concern you might lose some of these guys on the staff? Yeah, I think that's that's been a theme the last couple of years really is, you know, we've had had some guys that are being asked permission on and, you know, uh, Ben Sestanovich is over in Atlanta and watching them play last night as the assistant GM now who did, uh, you know, he did a great job for us uh, in our farm system. Uh, working with Sam Ganey, uh, you know, kind of, you know, kind of hand in hand on our farm system. Mark Pryor last night, pitching coach who, you know, we uh, when I first came over here made him the you know, the pitching Miley pitching coordinator and he's over there with the Dodgers going to the world series. Um, yeah, I think, I think again, like you don't, you know, I think the, the seeing the team and the system first have success and the major league team have success. Uh, other teams, they're, they're the reason why is honestly, it's the people that are here. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the coaches, it's the scouts at the front office staff, the R and D group. We've got some talented people. So I think, uh, you know, other teams would expect them to continue to ask and, and talk to some of that crew um, so I, yeah, I would think, uh, you know, I think this off season and already we're kind of getting into that season. We've already had a few phone calls on a couple people, um, that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to here in the next couple of days that other teams are going to start asking permission. We're kind of into that season or about ready to get into that season. And, uh, yeah, I would think, uh, because, you know, because the group here, they've earned it by the work they've done. I think there'll be, there'll be people are interviewing and talking about and, you know, and, and I think the thing that we try to do is, is ultimately you. You know, you've got, uh, you know, you want people to be able to move up and, and, and go 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 spread their wings and get other opportunities. And it's our job to make sure that uh, either one, they, they want to stay and, and, and stay here and they're enjoying themselves or two, there's other people behind them that that, that, that opportunity creates, uh, you know, more opportunity for others in the system to go ahead and, and do their thing. So we'll uh, I think we'll we'll see that. And we would expect that, honestly, in the next couple of weeks that, that some of our guys will be called on and be, be getting these interviews and see if we'll end up losing anybody. AJ, I have one more question for you. I know, I know you'd like it to be about the New York Giants and their first victory, uh, but I'm going to skip that for now. We're running short on time. Uh, just going to ask you about your expectations, observations uh, for this World Series. You're obviously quite familiar uh, with the Dodgers. I know you're disappointed you didn't have your full team to, to play them, but, uh, I, I mean, the Rays are, are amazing to many of us. Uh, what do you think can happen here? I, I know the Dodgers, without even looking, are, are the favorite. Do uh, you think that's right? And what, what do you expect for this World Series? Yeah, I mean, I think should should be a should be a fun series to watch. I mean, obviously we see the Dodgers here, you know, uh, you know, ten times a year at least, you know, this 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 season, and you know, and, and you know, know them very well, and they've been the class of the National League here over the course of the last uh, you know five seasons or so. So, um, yeah, I think they're they're going to be very tough for for anybody to beat. You've got to play, can't make mistakes. I think you know we've seen it in our series and then against Atlanta as well. Um, you've got to play really, really clean baseball to, to beat a team like that. They've got a ton of depth and upside and talent. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a great team. And then I think with the Rays, again, you don't get to see them on a daily basis, you know, and they've obviously done it in a different way. 
Um, you know, they've made a lot of a lot of trades that have that have panned out for them, and you know, been, been willing to move guys. They've obviously got the uh, the front of the rotation pitching with the Snell Glasnow Morton combo. Uh, you've got some guys on the Padres that are over there that are that are going to be playing in the World Series with Hunter Renfro and Manny Margot, and you know, I think Eric and, and that crew they've done a good job of kind of you know. Uh, not piecing it together, but like just getting pieces that fit for them. And they play a unique style, uh, obviously with all the bullpen arms that they've got and, you know, they play exceptional defense, um, you know, and, and I, and my guess is it's a unique team to prepare for. And, and uh, you know, they've, they've, uh, they've obviously found a way to go ahead and do it in a, t- you know, in an American league setting to, to come out and represent uh, the AL. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, you know, it should be a good series for, uh, for baseball should be fun to watch. All right, AJ Preller, it's been our pleasure having you. Congratulations on on your great season, and uh, we thank you for taking your time out from your 24-hour day, and I can attest to that because I I know that you sometimes uh, text me back, and it's 3 or 4 in the morning there. I know you're working. (laughs) So uh, you are a little crazy, and I know I've known you since you're 21 or 22 years old, so I can say that. But uh, we really appreciate your coming on, and uh, congratulations again on your season, AJ. No, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for being patient with me. I know the last couple of weeks, a lot going on. But uh, Tony, I always read, I read John Heyman in Melville, New York, where I grew up in the station. That's, that's where Newsday, Newsday was. So that goes back to, to even before then. So. Yeah, and you were crazy even then. <laughs> <laughs> Following every trade rumor. Yeah, I appreciate it, though, AJ. Thank you. Thank you again, AJ. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.